we say amazing things at funerals and we do amazing things at funerals, but we sometimes we don't do it in advance. And I think that that's something that's pretty powerful and I love the concept. I, I just, I can't even put into words how grateful I am for everything that she did for me. Oh my God, yes. I'm so glad you two did this. And you know, every day is not a guarantee. We are the call bearers of positivity. She knows her worth and her value, and she doesn't let anybody walk over that in any kind of way. I have behaved myself, I have done everything I'm supposed to, and it's still not enough. You're there. Like, there is nothing more to achieve. Like, right now, you are the person that you thought you wanted to be in your obituary. Like, you're already that woman. Y'all are amazing. I'm obsessed with the both of you. All right, welcome to our second bonus episode for the month of October. It's another set of ghost stories. We're really, really excited to bring these to you as well. Um, these are a little on the creepier side, as we indicated last time. Um, so the first person up is going to be Mandy. And Mandy is really interesting because she has a sleep paralysis, very severe sleep paralysis and she'll talk about that a little bit um, in her story but what's what makes that interesting is so often you hear people kind of write off ghost stories as sleep paralysis right i woke up and i couldn't move and i just saw a demon um but mandy having suffered with this for years and years really does know the difference so when she says there's a demon in the house you should probably listen unlike the people in her story okay so i was diagnosed with parathomia nightmare disorder when i was about 17, 18, and I'm 25 now. Um, parasomnia, nightmare, night terror, and sleep paralysis disorder, it affects about 2% of adults worldwide. And when you are diagnosed with that into your adulthood, um, usually it does never go away. Um, so it's something that I have to deal with for the rest of my life. Um, and I know my nightmares. I know what they are. I know how they operate. I even know my sleep paralysis very well. I have a sleep paralysis demon I've nicknamed Jared to make it less spooky. Um, and Jared looks the same all the time. He's kind of a bud pal now. Um, even though he terrifies the ever loving crap out of me. Um, so when I tell this story, I know what I've seen. Um, so the beginning of that, uh, we heard rumors that the chapter house for Sigma 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 was haunted. I knew that since I was a freshman. I've known it when I was moving in, and I didn't really believe it, especially because of my nightmares and stuff like that. I assumed people were kind of crazy and that they were just seeing nightmares. And, it was just, and I mean, that's how every good ghost story starts, right? Is I didn't believe it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> This was my senior year, a week into moving in, and when I fell asleep, um, I had this dream, a nightmare, where I was walking up to the second floor, and as I was walking up the stairs, I heard, don't unravel the rug. And, you know, me being me, I was like, well, I'm in a dream, so mm, that sucks. And I go up the stairs, and <laughs> I start to unravel the rug. And when I do so, I'm surrounded by this, like, black haze, and I wake up, I have sleep paralysis, 
But instead of my boy Jared being in the corner, it's this dark kind of entity. It's hunched over. It's really tall. And its eyes, like where his eye sockets are supposed to be, they were hunched in. Just so spooky. And, um, you know, normal for me. I have sleep paralysis all the time. It's whatever. When I came back from classes that day, I was telling my roommates about it um, because they were always very supportive. And I told them about it, and they were like, well, you know what we have to do. we got to go find that rug. And I was like, there's not going to be a rug. It's just a spooky dream. Have, have you, you ever seen a horror movie? movie? Like, like, you don't, don't go looking for the rug. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Minding my own business here, okay? And so... <laughs> We go, and we're looking around the whole house. There's two floors. We go everywhere. But, of course, in the dream, it was upstairs. So we go upstairs, and we're looking around. We don't find anything. So we're like, all right, see, just a spooky dream. No big deal. I have sleep paralysis all the time. Um, And then my last housemate comes in, and she's lived in the chapter house before. And she goes, oh, did you uh, check the crawl space behind the couch? What do you mean the rules behind the couch? <laughs> so, it's, again, it's a big couch, so we all have to move it back. And there is a crawl space there. And immediately I'm like, oh. And we all turned around and ran away. away. Yeah, right? And I'm like, <laughs> maybe we shouldn't do that. I don't I don't like this. And they're like, well, it'll be fine. It'll be spooky. No. But we did it. Uh, so we opened it. We look inside, and I I just distinctly remember having my flashlight in my hands. I turn it to the side, and there's the same exact rug I had in my dream sitting there. And all of a sudden, I had this wave of dizziness and nausea. And I'm like, no. So I made them promise on the spot never to touch the rug, because I will know. And, uh couple months go by still spooky i still see that sleep paralysis whatever it's not jared jared is gone right now and i hate that because jared's my homeboy and yeah we hear stuff like footsteps going down the hall the doorknobs would rattle um and i started getting these really really odd nightmares i know my nightmares i love horror because it gives me a different flavor of nightmares And so these were just different. It was that the same kind of sleep paralysis demon thing was chasing me through a house that I've never seen before um, with all these rooms. And I'm trying to find something. I could never figure out what I was trying to find, but I was trying to find it. And it would catch me and I would have sleep paralysis again. That same thing. Um, And then there were ones where... It was dark and there was candles around and these kids were singing like, um, lay me down to sleep. Um, that, you know, that prayer, um, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord, my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord, my soul to take. Yeah, that there's candles and there's little children and it's disgusting. Um, and so, and then always, you know, that demon, whatever, he's rude. I don't like him, but Jared's not there anymore. Um, and it was just getting worse and worse. And meanwhile, the other girls in the house were hearing the footsteps, the doorknobs would rattle, um, heavy boot prints. And um, it's weird because when you live in a haunted house, you just kind of, 
it becomes more annoying than anything else. <laughs> um, because you're like, just Take leave it for I have my thesis to write. I have to write an anthology. Like, go away. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> um, but they just want attention. And if you ignore them long enough, you know, they're just rude. Um, so we go home for winter break. And some of my housemates come back early. And then I come back. And those dreams, the sleep process gets so much worse. Um, and having those dreams every single night, I'm exhausted. I'm trying to do and push through all my stuff. And then this one night, I specifically remember I'm sitting in the living room. I'm writing my thesis. And all of a sudden, the lights go out everywhere, except for in my room. I don't like it. That's weird. Not the vibe, but you know, it's an old house. We're just going to call campus security. We'll get them to come and they're switching the breaker and nothing seems wrong, but obviously all the lights are out except in my room. Um, and this starts to go on for months, every single night around 10 30 PM, the lights would go out except in my room and sometimes the living room. Sometimes we were arriving in the living room. Um, we called campus security every night. We had AP come out. They changed the wires. They did everything and without fail, every single night out, except for in my room, sometimes the living room. Um, and finally, I have these like dreams. I'm seeing these things in the house. Um, so one night, they, the lights go out. We have campus security and AEP on speed dial now so we're just calling them we're like hey <laughs> it's out again they're like all right we'll come same house yeah all right oh, God. and the guys campus security is walking towards us but on this night the the lights go out in my room and in the or the lights are on in my room at first and in the living room they're off and we you know you get used to it so we just have like electronic candles on not go out so we're just doing our homework by that we were talking about like spooky things and all of a sudden the lights in my room start to flicker they're flickering on and off and on and off it's disgusting and i'm looking over there and i start to see this like shadow Ugh. and so i look to the girls and i'm like do you see that and they're like, yeah, let's just ignore it. <laughs> so we're continuing to work. <laughs> and um, finally, after like maybe five minutes of it just flickering, I look over again. I kind of see some sort of dark figure and then like completely go out. <laughs> and we hear these boot prints sprinting from upstairs where around the rug would have been and sprinting downstairs, heavy boot prints down the hall. And we all start to scream and we go out um, and we run out, leave everything um, except some car keys and a wallet. And I'm the last one to go out. When I have the door open, um, I'm looking at towards the kitchen area and I see the same sleep paralysis demon I've been seeing for months. The hunched over, it's dark, it's like tall and those eyes that are not there um and as i'm closing the door and i'm looking at it i hear don't or unravel the rug i close the door and we go to waffle house 
where else will we go? Like, like you can do. Obviously. <laughs> right. Um, and so I'm talking to them. I'm like, hey, so this is what I just saw. Which one of you unraveled it? And two of the girls look guilty and they don't say anything. And I'm like, did you unravel this rug? Did you touch it? And they look and they're like, yeah, around Christmas break, when we came back early, we touched it and we started to unravel it. But I got really, really dizzy. So I stopped. And um, I ended up moving out probably two weeks later for a number of things. Um, but yeah, that was, was spooky. That's spooky and like explicitly said don't unravel the rug like why why mess with that i they didn't believe me they didn't believe that um there was anything really wrong with it i don't think um we did end up having like uh the chaplain kind of come and look at it and i don't know if you guys remember but those ghost hunter guys came to (laughs) at one point i was telling him about it and he kind of looks and he's and he's outside of the house and this is before i've moved out but after you know the whole unravel rug thing and he looks at it and goes mm, yep that's bad <laughs> all right <laughs> dude thanks i'm glad thanks thanks, friend. Friend. Yeah. thanks. <laughs> but yeah that's my story um it's an amazing story but terrifying mm-hmm. like rough oh but after i moved out that creepy little demon went away and i have my boy jared back i was a little worried about jared i was about to ask not gonna lie i was like wait a minute did he get to come back even though he's scary but he's comforting like yeah jared got to come back i see jared i saw him two days ago you know we're enemies but friends so like enemies to lovers i don't know (laughs) so i wonder what happened happened between between the two two of them. them I don't know. I feel like think you would protect like, you. that's so above my paid grade, dude. Like you have <laughs> experience with spooks, so here you go. Like I'm just the admin assistant. I cannot <laughs> Jared's just a forty hour weekend. Like, like he can't, can't do that, that level. Level. Yeah, no. Yeah. He's like, I'm like mid grade spook, you're high grade, so Have fun with that one. Terrible vacation. vacation. So maybe would you say that you are more likely to see these kinds of things because of that weird kind of, I don't know, the ability for you to kind of make a system both realms at the same time because of your sleep paralysis or is this the only real experience that you have had? No, I've, since I was little, um, I've had premonitions, and actually, that's something my mom passed down to me. Thanks, mom. Okay. Um, Thanks, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah, she calls you me and Wednesday and, Adams. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She just calls me and she knows things. She's like, "Why aren't you where you said you were going to be?" Uh, what do you mean? She just gets it right. Um, but I've had these. She can tell when people are going to die. She can tell all of these things. Um, <laughs> I'm like, like, I, I do, do appreciate, appreciate the careful, careful plotting on the part of the system because it was really very nice. Yeah, it's the narrative structure of that story. It's beautiful. So, so why, why do you think, think despite, despite the fact that they had seen other things happening, 
they still felt like nothing would happen if they did that specific thing that they were told not to do. They certainly had seen things, like they had verified, even if they didn't sort of trust you or whatever. They had verified something was going on. So why would they still go forward with that? Um, I think it's because the level of the different entities that were in there. I was clearly de dealing with something that was way beyond what they were experiencing. They heard the footsteps and the door rattlings and things like that. But because I have that tie to some other plane, what or what I think is some other plane, um, they don't realize the extent to it. Got it. For them, how damaging. Like, sorry, what? And then just how damaging it could be, like. Yeah, exactly. I think to them it was more like, oh, well, she's responding more to these, like, low-level kind of ghosts. I didn't even care about those. They were my pals. <laughs> uh, you know, the old lady who's so nosy, like, go off, queen. Um, <laughs> but the one that I was really experiencing, I think, use honestly used me as a conduit to explain things about how the house operates the the rug and things like that um and i do have a theory that the first voice when i was going up the stairs was different than the one that was like the demony voice uh -oh. i think there was a different entity in the house maybe the little boy or the old lady who was very scared of the other one i was trying to warn me not to mess with that rug okay. yeah but I don't know, like, for my roommates or whatever, they didn't experience something as terrifying other than the night where all the lights went off. Like, right. they would be upset that the lights would go off, but didn't see how it was, was connected. connected. Right. right. Wow. The demon that was going to emerge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, just, just listen and let it go. I hate Jared. But he's kind yeah. of a homeboy because, like, <laughs> at least he scares me in a way that, like, I can expect. As I said, I read and watch horror from right. a different flavor of nightmare. I know it's going to happen either way. Mm -hmm. So, Jared is a, a, right. a comfort bear. Um, these other things are not. Sure. Yeah. Mandy's story, definitely creepy. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely lost some friends over that one. Uh, <laughs> she no. takes it in stride, though. Yeah, I mean, but like, mm, yeah, yeah. not be my friends either. No, for sure. Um, but also, our next up is Meg. And Meg is a good friend of ours. She is uh, very funny, as you'll hear. Uh, <laughs> but also, her ghost stories have a little bit of a creepy twist um, and a little bit of a little bit of demon action. Some more demons, yeah. Going on. Yep. So here we go. Here's Meg. Sure. I can introduce myself. My name is Meg Dillon, and I have a ghost story for you today. I thought you said multiple ghost stories. Multiple, well, <laughs> let's get down to semantics. It's either ghosts and demons, so, like, what are we talking about here? Because I'll talk about both. I want both. Okay, I love that. 100% oh. of the stories. All the stories. I do. Rock on? Rock and roll? So, welcome to Daily Dose of Serotonin and Dillon. Mm -hmm. Virginia Silky and... That's rubbish. I don't know if fear... Is fear good for dopamine oh yeah it's like the best we were just talking about fear and people who seek those experiences actually when your dopamine and adrenaline and all those things get pumping and and you want it if you're a very anxious person you can't think about all the things that stress you out and you know you're safe but your lizard brain also can like 
do reality. And so the, when you leave a and a scary movie, if you're somebody who's highly stressed, the relaxation and letdown that you get at the end is better than drinks. And it lasts for like 24 to 48 hours. I might need to try to get scared. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It does not like well, the problem stuff. is if you don't like scary stuff, it does like the opposite. It just makes it worse. I think um, I could give it a try, though, well, honestly. Yeah. And if you go with friends and watch movies with friends, since fear is contagious, like based on like everything, it like amplifies the feeling of comfort you get afterwards. All right. I mean, like Meg is, she has these stories for us, but she is not a person who likes ghosty stories. Well, perhaps the ghosty should leave her alone then. Yeah. I mean, kind of. Certainly the demons. The demons are the ones where I kind of start to draw the line. I don't mind the ghosts as much as the demons, though, for real. Yeah, they could. That's the kind of stuff people say on the show. No, no. We appreciate I have a ghosty and a demon story for you all today. I'm excited. I'm excited, too, to share these with you. So I think I should start with my ghost story because I think the demons we should save for last. How do y'all feel about that? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to tell you my ghost story first. Um, so one day I was babysitting a family that I babysat before. Um, they were family friends. So I was going to spend the night at their house because they got back really late. But <clears throat> here's where it starts getting a little dicey. Um, I was laying on the couch, minding my own business, talking to the mom who's in the kitchen. Um, and all of a sudden... She kind of was in the kitchen. I heard her in there. And then we stopped talking and I was just on my phone. And I saw a woman that did not really match her build in any way, shape or form. She was blonde. This woman was brown haired, um, wearing dark clothing. I saw her come out of the kitchen and then proceed to walk up the stairs. Um, I never saw her face, but I did see a woman walk up the stairs. So I was a little confused as to why she was walking up the stairs. So I said, Chris, did you go upstairs? And from the kitchen, I heard no. And this was me. What? What do you mean? You didn't just walk up the stairs. I was very confused and a little scared. So then she kind of came around the corner and she said, did you see a woman walk upstairs? And this was me. Excuse me? Yes, I did. Yes, I did see a woman walk upstairs. She said, oh, well, this house was formerly owned by a woman who passed away in the house. And she is on occasion likes to roam around. And so I said, okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, so I'd seen her walking from the main floor upstairs and she said, she'll probably be up there for the night. And this was me. Oh, okay. Um, I don't really want to sleep on your couch anymore. Ghosty bedtime. Yeah. Ghosty bedtime. So I, um, I think I actually ended up leaving. I did say, I was like, you know, I'm just really wide awake and I think I want to drive home. And so I did and I left, but I did see her come through the kitchen and walk all the way upstairs. And honestly, I, I knew it was a ghost before I even knew for sure it was a ghost, but I didn't want to come to that conclusion, but I did. So it was a little spooky, scary. So it was in the kitchen with her. Did she know that it was there? I don't know if she knew that it was there. She never said anything. I just saw her kind of come from the kitchen area because there was a hallway. So she could have been back farther maybe, um, but then she did turn and she didn't. never looked at me, never said anything to me, didn't do anything, didn't stop, was on a mission to go up to bed. Up to bed. She was sleepy. She had been washing her face. Brushing yep, her exactly. Up. She was just, her nightly ritual routine, I was just in the way, you know. So were you scared? Um, I was more surprised because I had never really seen a ghost per se in person. And I felt kind of honored actually like reflecting about it to actually have seen a ghost in person. Um, and I think if she had been terrifying, I would not have had a good experience, but she was very much so just a woman trying to go to bed. 
And I felt that in my soul. And so, you know, I encouraged her up the stairs and she left. And that was the last time I saw her. You didn't get like an EVP and chase her up. No, 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 absolutely not. I said, um, good night. I'm going home. <laughs> Back to my demon bedroom. Okay, so I'm gonna set the scene for y'all. You ready? I'm sorry. Fifth grade. I'm the readiest. Yeah. Okay, so fifth grade, setting the scene. Jesus camp. <laughs> I was at my uh, Christian camp that I went to. That was the only time I went to it, by the way, <laughs> um, for good reason. So fifth grade, you're very impressionable. You love and look up to the 16 year old counselors like they are the coolest people on the planet Earth. 100. percent Yes, they make you bracelets. They hang out with you. But we had one counselor in our room who, on a random, you know, probably Tuesday during this church camp, because it was probably a week or two long, I slept there and everything. Um, she just decided to tell a group of us that her and her boyfriend cast out demons. And she told us that, yeah, I know we could have, this could be a whole nother podcast. <laughs> We go apple picking slash we cast out. It was kind of like just a run of the mill, like, hey, we're going to the mall, but I am going to cast a demon out of you type of deal is the vibe that I picked up on. Casual. As yeah. a fifth grader, too. So, you know, the casual, just we're going out this Saturday. We're going to cast out some demons, maybe grab a popcorn <laughs> after, you know. Yeah, exactly. A little brunch, a little demon casting in the morning, brunch. I love that. Um, so she explained to us that she cast out demons with her boyfriend. And then she told us some of the signs that she felt a demon's presence. So one of the signs was she would start coughing. Um, and she never explained to us what they looked like or anything like that. So it wasn't that we knew what to expect or anything like that. But the big tell was that she would start coughing and then the demon would be present, right? So guess what lucky fifth grade camper, because the bunk beds, let's talk about this for a second, were pushed up against the wall two and two. So there was, you were laying right beside someone. What? Okay. Oh so guess what, or guess who, I guess, <laughs> guess who got to sleep right next to her by the wall. So oh I wasn't even on the outside. You couldn't even get up no, away. Couldn't even get away. So the middle of the night, one night, I'm in my little sleeping bag, green and purple, purple on the inside. This is important for later. <laughs> um, but I'm laying there. And all of a sudden, she starts coughing. And this was me. Okay, you're overthinking it. Don't be scared. People get coughs in the middle of the night. A little tickle. Boyfriend's not here. We're at church camp. This is a sacred space. No one's coming in here. Oh. Finally, I got brave enough. Because she was sleeping, too, by the way. I, I knew she was asleep. So I peeked out from my sleeping bag, and I sat up a little bit. And I shit you not. I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss here, but I love it. Um. A blue, it, okay, here's where the, the tricky part comes in of describing this color, because never in my life have I seen this before. It's almost like you're looking at a neon sign, but the entire being is that neon sign color, but the glow on the outside of the neon. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, very specifically? That's the color I saw, and it was an entity standing on the other side of the room facing towards me. So I'm looking at it and I lay back down immediately because I'm in fifth grade and I cover my whole face. So I start profusely sweating in this sleeping bag thinking I'm the only one. There was a body shaped sweat mark when I got out the next day. That's why it's important. <laughs> but this is where it gets a little trickier because I'm like, it's in your mind. You know, you're trying as a fifth grader to, you know, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, please get away from me, that type of thing. So I'm laying there, girls coughing beside me. I was like, oh my God. But the girl above me 
start screaming that they are on my feet and that they are crawling onto the bed. And she described them the exact same way I described them. So I knew I wasn't crazy. I knew I'd seen it. And needless to say, fifth grade girls, everyone was awake screaming. People were crying. I was just laying there in my puddle of sweat. <laughs> Literally, you know. <laughs> so we had a whole night of um, having to deal with that. Um, the counselor sadly left the next day, which we were all sad about. We cried because she had to leave. Did she take the demons I hope she took the demons with her because I never saw them again after that night with her. Um, but there is a theme throughout my life of this blue color with demons. So that's my fifth grade experience. It was a little intense to kind of have that experience as such a young child but then it gives you a new unique kind of humor right <laughs> to chat about it i turned it into humor not that i'm laughing at the demons i'm laughing with them big difference hmm? maybe yeah, make sure they know that that's what i'm saying i'm saying it out loud now just so i don't scare myself later on yeah i'm laughing with you absolutely absolutely you do what you want i'll laugh with you Yes. Yep. Yep. We're just talking. So that was my fifth grade. So um, after that night, I did not see that again. I did not. Um, I did not experience it until I was probably about 13. And you know, when you hype yourself up around your friends, because you're trying to get into scary activity, like you're trying to scare each other one up, that had kind of been the day, right? And we had this experience earlier in the day where I lived near an abandoned army base. And so they were trying to rejuvenate re like, it to become a park. <laughs> cool. So it was, that's where we went to hang out because you're trying to scare each other, ghosty and all these things. So there was woods on either side, which also just the setup was perfect. So we're running around in a golf cart because a girl that we randomly met had a golf cart, so she was included. Yeah. <laughs> Highly recommend. So we're riding around in this golf cart that day, earlier in the day. I was on the back because I was the youngest. They were probably 16, 17. And all of a sudden, the golf cart dies just while we're driving down the road um, in this abandoned army base. So... All of a sudden, we were just stopped, and she's like, that's weird. I'm trying to get it to start again. It's not starting. And what emerged from the woods, this is not, this is just probably a person, but it kind of leads up to my, my other story. But out came a fully dressed in all black, you could not see any skin, nothing, um, a scream mask. So that's why I'm like, okay, unless this ghosty was being funny, haha, <laughs> <laughs> then whatever but it walked out it stopped so i'm the only one facing it and they turn around and are looking and they're screaming i'm screaming he just stops she he they whatever they um but they stood and then they just kept walking and walked into the other side of the woods so that was kind of the beginning of the day so we were all kind of freaked out that whole day like looking for anything then that was a little spooky however this is where the story turns and where I regret trying to be spooky. <laughs> so there was a lot of kids in our neighborhood. Everyone was playing basketball. It was probably dusk time. So it was still like a little light outside enough to see and hang out. So my neighbor and I, she was older than me by probably four or five years. So she was probably 18 or 19, just hanging out with us. We're sitting on the curb and someone is riding a bike, a smallish bike actually, but it was like a grown human or not, was riding up. And as we're talking, we're seeing there, we kind of stopped because I started getting like a really weird vibe because no one else was reacting behind us. But when I tell you whatever this thing was, 
swung its head around and stared right at me. Like I'm talking like you ever experienced where someone is staring into you like that level. That's what I experienced. However, here's the craziest part about that is that light blue color was what was coming from within their skin. It was not a light. It was, it was nothing like that. And, and the girl next to me who was older than me, she saw it too. We were both freaking out. I think I probably even slept on my parents' floor that night at like 14 or 15 because I was so scared that whole day. Oh but that blue light came back and then I remembered my fifth grade experience and I was like, okay, demons, I see you. We're getting a little um, connected here. Little yeah, exactly. And then never saw that person again, rode by, literally never saw them again. So... So that counselor came to camp to rub her demon off on mm -hmm. you, basically. I think is what I happened. Like yes. Because sleep is important for me, too, because that's where kind of the next phase of my life with the more sleep paralysis fun. <clears throat> I would not call it fun, actually. It's really yeah. not fun, to be honest at all. Um, and so that entity, that feeling that and I know it's weird to call a color a feeling, but that feeling, that sense, that color is what I felt when I had sleep paralysis. So when I was, you know, probably after that second experience, that's when the sleep paralysis really started actually for me. And um, that entity, it was, it was the feeling like someone was just sitting on your chest, right? Holding you like this, two hands is what I always felt. And I could open my eyes so I could see things around me. I could see people walking in my house if I was asleep on the couch, but that presence and that person pushing on my chest is what I felt. And that happened many, many, many times, probably between the age of 16 and probably like 22 or three, um, that experience I'd had that. And so with that experience of the sleep paralysis, there is a specific time in my life where I almost died because of this demon. I am also convinced that in my family's home, there is one room at the end of the hallway upstairs that has always given me bad vibes. I felt like that presence lived in there. And I did not actually sleep in there. However, I used to put my little naked cat <laughs> back in that room because she was a terror at night. But that little thing would be spazzing out in that room. She hated it. So we, I moved her again. But I, she didn't like that room either. And you can hear people walking around. It's a whole thing. But I digress. So at one point in my life, I was probably 16. So a little bit after that first experience with that, um, I shared a room. That specific room was a bigger room with my brother my younger brother, because we had someone who needed my room for about a month or two. So we shared a room. We each had our own bed. My bed happened to be right underneath the window. Um, and so one night I had felt the sleep paralysis happen, but luckily it kind of subsided. I was able to go to sleep. Um, so I remember laying in the bed, right? And I, I had the sleep paralysis episode. I finally felt like I came out of it. The presence kind of got off of my chest and was in the room, but I was like, Thank you for just letting me sleep. That's really decent of you. I appreciate you. Love you. XOXO, Meg. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that was kind of the vibe because every time it would stop, I'd be like, hallelujah. Thank you, demon. I love you very much for leaving me alone for this moment. So the next thing that I remember after having the sleep paralysis and then sleeping was I woke up to falling out of that bedroom window. And so this was three flights up. So it's, it's three stories up. Um, and so I grabbed with my right hand the wall the actual like siding of the wall and I was falling out. So luckily I'd stop myself. But the trickiest part is, is that I had to unlock the window from the top. So you had to go 
I had to physically stand up or sit up and unlock the window, open it, push out an entire screen that was, you know, there. And as I was falling out, I remember waking up and, and falling and grabbing. And I kind of panicked because I was like, it's the first time you've ever tried to have me fall out of a window, friend. Um, and so I then barred the windows in the room um, and I was terrified. But luckily that didn't happen. I did not fall out of the window. Um, just how you came to be sitting before us today. That is how I came here to share my little demon and ghosty stories with you. So sorry. No idea what happened. The last time I saw a blue light come out of your mouth. Oh, my help. What should we name my demon? Because I actually thought about that. I've never named it. Well, that's why it like inspired me to be like, What's your name? It definitely felt like a male presence if we are gonna specify that. Jasper. Jasper. Well, and this one was a little mean. Well, you know, but actually, probably within the last six months, I don't remember when. I did have a sleep paralysis for the first time in probably five years. And I felt that again, but it was it was a different feeling or I can everything is processing, but my body is just not responding and someone is holding everything down. The physical part. Terrifying. And it's terrifying. I don't wish that upon anyone. Like, Maybe I'm if you have like a boy. nice demon who wants to like snuggle, I'm a big spoon. I love to big spoon it up. I'd be fine with that. So those are my ghosty and demony stories. Um also wait I have oh. one more thing that I just remembered in the back of my brain. Um, this is why I think that entity specifically lived at my family's house is because my sister, I will never forget this day either. It was a rainy day. I was probably 14 or 15. So around the time that I started interacting with this entity, my sister was leaving for work in the morning, but it was like a really rainy, gray, dark day. And so she had gone outside and she had come back inside and was crying. And my mom was like, what is wrong? And so she took her into another room and my mom came back and told me because I guess my sister was embarrassed, but she saw what she thought looked to be a demon. And it, it did like mimic some of the things that I talked about with that blue light and things like that. So that's what I think the entity might've, that one might have actually come into the home was after that because he was kind of lurking around outside or they were lurking around outside, but like, Somehow. yeah, they were invited and they made, they set up shop <clears throat> upstairs. But until then, they were just circling on that bike. Yep. Trying to find Round and around. Yep. On that bike. That was the first time. That is spooky. No, it is spooky. It's interesting that everyone sees it the same way with that blue light. Like, it's not just what happened at Jesus Camp. <laughs> that one time at Jesus Camp. When the demon came. Yeah, me. When the evil <laughs> counselor to make sure the demon. <laughs> Like, I cast out demons. Did you see the demon? Gotta go. <laughs> Got to go. Put it in. He. Yeah. Don't get my due diligence. Uh, well, you're awesome. Thank we you love you. Of course. Y'all yeah. are amazing. Love I'm obsessed with the both of you. All right. So we hope you enjoyed Meg's stories. It's like the longer she sat with us, the more she's like, oh, yeah. 
here comes another one. Um, so we hope you enjoyed this. Up next, we have Isaac. Now, Isaac is interesting because he is really, I think, bringing up something that a lot of ghost stories don't. Um, Isaac has worked in healthcare in a lot of places, a lot of different capacities. And so uh, he's been in a lot of places where just severe depth of trauma is present. And he talks, uh, for example, about working in um, nursing homes during COVID. Um, and one of the things that he can talk about in a really interesting way is the extent to which even traumas that don't lead to death, but being in a place with that kind of emotional kind of turmoil, if you have to go to a hospital or an emergency room, um, actually does leave kind of a presence and, and things that you can experience in those places. So I think his stories are actually super unique for that reason. Yeah. And they're also kind of not as demony and a little more positive, right, but okay. also... Yeah, we kind of refer to them as Casper. He yeah. said, "He said, you know, I'm not bothered by any of the spirits I've encountered. So um, this one will be a little bit of a palate cleanser after the demons uh, from the first two stories. We hope you enjoy Isaac's ghost stories. Dude, I have many ghost stories. I, I do. Yeah. Working in healthcare, you kind of get the gamut. And when you have patients that are approaching death, you definitely have a lot of spiritual presence. And, um, you know, working in an emergency room, which is where I'm at now, sometimes you get some of the more kind of traumatic experiences, but generally, you know, they kind of do their thing and then they leave. Um, but yeah, no, I have, I have a lot of different ghost stories because I travel around and I, um, I like hitting Civil War battlefields and, um, there's uh, St. Augustine in Florida is one of the oldest um, sites in Florida, and they are known for their paranormal um, experiences. And so there's been times where I've gone and like on the old film caught orbs. So yeah. I was going to ask, so like, I know you said if you're in healthcare, you, you get a lot of this, but I mean, you get a lot of healthcare workers who don't get any. Oh, no. Right? So you probably, are you just someone who sees these things? Um, or more open no, I, I think everyone in healthcare has a ghost story. Really? They really do. Yeah. I think that CNAs and nurses probably have more because you have more experience with the patient, but the doctors definitely have their stories too. And it's just because you are dealing with people in all different forms of vulnerability, whether it's an injury, whether it's, you know, terminal illness, whether it's, you know, just a random life crisis, like there's just a lot of spiritual energy that kind of navigates around with people. So you wouldn't think that uh, there would be spiritual energy with like a, a kid coming in with a broken bone from a playroom. But there's a lot of like emotional pull that comes with that, that kind of goes around with the whole unit. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's a lot of that. Yeah. You gotta get some jaded people, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, healthcare is full of people that are overworked and underpaid and exhausted at this point. And so, yeah. yeah, COVID definitely did a number people and we're we're seeing a lot of um, mental health issues and healthcare workers coming out of COVID and we all have COVID stories and some people will tell the stories and some people won't so we're just we're kind of in that middle ground. So there is actually a restaurant um, in uh, Titusville, Florida and it's called Ashley's. It's been there since about the early 1900s. And it is the most haunted restaurant in Florida. And they actually do what's called dinner with a ghost. <laughs> and um, so it's just a regular travel diner fare. I mean, hamburgers and hot dogs and meatloaf. And, you know, the fare is not exactly five-star dining. But the company. And so we actually have a paranormal investigator. And he comes in and he brings all of his toys in. And 
Um, he sets up everything and he'll do a little bit of a discussion while you're having your hamburger. And the whole idea is for you to be aware to see if there's going to be paranormal activity. And she went with my mom because we decided we were going to, you know, have dinner with the ghost together. And so we were sitting in a booth on one side of the property and then across with paranormal investigator had his equipment set up, the um, overhead lamp started shaking. And I actually have that on video. And we were like, okay, is there any kind of vibration going on? Is there anybody rustling around that would cause it? Is there anybody upstairs that would create the vibration? The upstairs was closed. We were in the diners downstairs, and the um, chandelier is literally like bouncing back and forth, and it did that for about three minutes. And we're just like, okay, you know, obviously, ghost is having dinner, right. you know, and just very benign. Like it was just like, hey, I'm here. Well, I feel like if like if you know that you're kind of, I don't know if you're a ghost, you know that you're like the main attraction, right? Friendly, you're like, oh, it's Friday, it's dinner time. I need to come make my show. Yeah. <laughs> Psychology, like I'm talking about ghosts. Well, the story of the story behind the ghost is actually very tragic. Um, but Every time they have come to visit, they, you know, they'll slide glasses around the bar. The bartenders have tons of stories about, you know, oh, the lemons got hid today. And they have no idea where the lemons went. And they'll turn around and it'll be somewhere where they're not supposed to be. You know, just very like, playful ghosting things. Um, I was fortunate enough uh, in the 2000s, the uh, Civil War submarine, the Hunting, was pulled up out of the ocean. And they did a very big kind of like unfailing. Uh, in Charleston. And so what they were doing is they were pulling up the Hunley and they were going to get the uh, the remains of the people that were lost at sea and then going to reinter them. Yeah. And so everybody was dressed up in their reenactment gear. They had their um, uh, burial ribbons on. The, the, uh, they had wailing mourners. Like it was a big production. That and it was interesting because we were in the cemetery that had the most civil war activity and you would think that there would be a lot of like negative energy and there was there was really nothing everybody was kind of like impressed that all the ghosties were there to celebrate too yeah like it really felt like it was that celebration of life reinsuring i can't remember if it was seven or nine men that were lost at sea and it really like it felt like all the the ghosties that were already there were like, hey, come on home. Can I say something really stupid that will Charleston, they still have the, the submarine. It's actually in saltwater tanks, so you can still see the hull of the submarine. And it's still in preservation, yeah. so you can actually go see that. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> oh, Coney Island. Um, so, backstory, you know, I went to um, Coney Island during the pandemic, and I worked at the Coney Island Hospital, so we're in Brooklyn. Okay. And, um, you know, that COVID, the whole COVID experience was 
memorable. I will put it that way. Um, New York was definitely one of the epicenters during the COVID pandemic, and I was there early in the pandemic. And so we were seeing them basically at their worst. And Coley Island already has a history of being one of the kind of rougher hospitals for patient care. So coming into work, we all saw the more trucks. We knew that they were there. The patients could see them outside their windows. So there was a lot of death surrounding that building. Um, I was actually very fortunate and um, my patients didn't die on my shift because I always tell them that their ticket is not ready. <laughs> because of the traumatic nature of the pandemic and just the um, lack of knowledge. Because, I mean, we were learning so much in those early days that, you know, people being put on ventilators and all these things just created a lot of, like, energy trauma that was kind of radiating through the hospital. And then you've got healthcare workers that are overworked and exhausted. You know, it's just that whole kind of wave. Overwhelmed. Overwhelmed, yeah. And, like, coming up, Oh, yeah. It's like very daunting, right? Like, yeah, nothing good at this point. I mean, the board we like, yeah, the Coney Island boardwalk is full of history. Yeah. Do you just feel them? Um, I generally don't talk to them other than say, hey, you know, I've got work to do, leave me alone. <laughs> um, like I said, working in healthcare, we see a lot of people that are coming into, you know, the end stages of, and you know, their life ending. And so there are definitely times where you see, uh, you know, a dark presence or your patients will say, you know, hey, I'm seeing, you know, Uncle Joe or, you know, my mom's calling me home or, you know, that at some point, you know, the end is near and there are definitely some people that fight that. And so that's some of the more traumatic kind of spiritual experiences. And when somebody is not ready to go into the afterlife, it can, it can be pretty wild. Um, Do they just see everyone? I honestly don't know what they're seeing, hearing, feeling, but I know what their reactions are. And I've seen quite a few people that literally will shake and um, wail because they're basically trying to hold on to being present here and they don't want to be pulled into the, the afterlife. You know, some people just, you know, go gently into the night and others go shrieking. Yeah, yeah they're... Um, because of working in healthcare, um, I actually worked at uh, a nursing home early in the pandemic, and this was literally, you know, April of 2020, and they've now come to be known as the deadliest nursing home in, in the country with their pandemic deaths. And so I was there during their peak, and there were a lot of uh, patients that knew that the end was coming, and they'd be like, you know, I got to get my, my bags packed, I got to get my taxi ticket, I got to get, you know, and I would say, hey, we're not going anywhere until breakfast. You know, the, your taxi's going to come after breakfast. I've already got your luggage packed. You know, you just rest for the night. You know, but that's that's that kind of, like, they know that it's time to go somewhere. And they know that, you know, they got to get ready. They don't always know, you know, when or how or, you know. Yeah. That's hard. And especially, I think, in those early days, like you're talking about, we, people were terrified to get yeah. anyone else who might find that, right? So they probably weren't getting to say, those goodbyes that yeah. um oh, definitely yeah i mean yeah so that sounds of like lack of closure must have been so yeah yeah um 
It depends. Um, sometimes you'll come back to the nurse's station and be like, hey, did you feel such and such? And be like, oh, yeah. You know, or sometimes you'll be like, I don't know, you know, if my coworkers are safe to talk to about certain things. Um, um, but because I, I travel so much, I get to experience a lot of different things. And like we were talking about um, when you first kind of mentioned um, getting me to, to tell some of my stories, I work in a lot of state psychiatric facilities and they are repurposed buildings. A lot of them were uh, tuberculosis hospitals and sanatoriums. And so they've got deep, rich history just historically, but then they also have a deep trauma history. Right. It depends on which facility you're at and, and kind of like a day shift generally doesn't see it here as much as the night shift because that's when things get quiet. You know, our patients are asleep, right? you know, the day is winding down, you know, we're just sitting to start and do paperwork and then we'll hear doors closed, we'll hear things move around. Um, the There was a facility I worked at in West Virginia, it was very common to hear children in the hallway because in their early history, they were a facility for adults and children and um, they went through a, a horrific fire and a lot of children perished because they were restrained. And so you can hear the children in the hallways and it, usually it's just laughing or you'll hear footsteps or, you know, it's nothing, anything that is really terrifying. And, and the patients will be like, you know, did you hear the little girl? Did you hear the little boy? And we're like, yeah, they're here. You know, they don't, they don't mean any harm. They're sweet. Like, yeah. They just want to be kids. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a, a very traumatic event in the in the history of the building. Do you have a theory or a belief of why so much of what you have encountered has been so positive? Do you think it's just like residual energy for things like kids playing? Um, I think for me, because it's something that I've encountered a lot, I don't get scared. I mean, there are definitely times where I will get like a peak of anxiety when I feel something that I was like, oh, that that doesn't feel right. What's mm -hmm. going on? Mm -hmm. But if I get that peak, I'm like, okay, I know something's here. And usually I'll always, you know, vocalize, hey, I'm aware that you're here, but let's, let's, you know, navigate this friendly. And um, generally I don't get a lot of the really bad things other than seeing the patients having their, their um, different transitions. But um, a lot of my other friends will, you know, have their hair pulled and, and, you know, hear screeching and all kinds of other really negative things. But I, I think that, some of the things in the supernatural world, they're a lot like children. Like they know who they can bully mm -hmm. and they know what the triggers are and they know how to, how to really scare somebody, mm -hmm. you know? And for people who've been around the supernatural world, you don't have those triggers as often. Sure. So what would trigger me is probably not something that would trigger somebody else and vice versa. So, you know, if some, if I feel a tap on my shoulder, I'm not going to get that, that automatic rise. Mm -hmm. That somebody else so uh, that was Isaac. Uh, we do adore him. Yes. Uh, and, and we uh, also learned in that episode that there was a submarine in the Civil War because I did not know. He was telling the story. I'm looking around like, am I the only and I was cool in this room who does not know? I was trying to play cool. Like, I knew there was a submarine in the Civil War. Just I, I outed myself with that one. And then outed me with her. It was like she just like grabbed me and drugged me under the bus with her. We are dumb. Or under the submarine, um, so to speak. Uh, so, Isaac, into our last guest, uh, who is Nicole, who is very connected to the spirit world uh, in ways that both amaze and terrify me. Uh, and she will kind of be our closer for our bonus episode of Spooky Season. Uh, listen up. I will try to channel that energy again for you. Sweet. Okay. Um, so, I live out in, like, rural Virginia. Um, 
near Jamestown, so there is a lot of history. There's a lot of uh, old houses and stuff, and I had the opportunity to go, and we went to um, Surrey, Virginia. There's a place there called Bacon's Castle. Um, it was actually built by a man named Arthur Allen, if I'm getting that correct. Um, the reason why it's called Bacon's Castle is because during the time of Bacon, uh, Nathaniel Bacon's Rebellion, they had his soldiers occupied that house um, because this person, uh, Mr. Allen, was affiliated with William Berkeley, um, which was what he was rebelling against. So there, that's kind of where the name comes from. It's the oldest castle, from what I understand, in North America still standing. It's over 300 years old. I want to say it's like 358, if I'm correct on that. Man, you are so it's, 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 seen, it's seen a lot of different things. So you have, um, you know, the history of Bacon's Rebellion. You have the family history. You have, you know, unfortunately, the history of slavery, of Native Americans being there, all kinds of different levels of <laughs> of anger and hatred yes right yes. right so there's a lot of activity um so as a teen a friend of mine and his mom we were all hanging out one night and she said hey have you heard of bacon's castle it's got a lot of experiences and we were like no and she goes well we should go out there and check it out so she calls my mom okay she calls my mom she's like hey do i have permission to take, you know, like, we should all go out there. So my mom joins in. My mom drove us out there. Oh we'll, we'll leave certain details out. But anyway, so she drives us out there. It's dark. <laughs> and um, at the end of the road, it, it's kind of like um, a gravel sand driveway going up to the actual, um, it's more of a mansion-type plantation home Um so when you're going up, it's kind of a long way up there. My mom parks at the end. Her and my brother were with us. So there's five people. There's me, my friend, his mom, my mom, and my brother. My mom and brother stay at the truck. And us three, we walk up to the house. As you're walking up, there's, like, trees on both sides. So it's kind of like almost tunnel vision type thing. And we're walking up to it, and you can see, like, clearly into the top window. And the lights are on. Well, as we're walking up closer, the lights turn off. You don't see anyone, and I can't, I can't say that there's not, like, a timer or anything like that. I can't say that there was a caretaker in there to turn them off, but it was something we saw, and we're like, okay, paying attention to it. So as we get up closer, it kind of goes around to the back. It kind of veers out, and then there's, like, um, like an archway of, like trees and vines and stuff, and we turn and look and we see um, kind of like what I describe as Glinda from the Wizard of Oz type bubble look, okay? <laughs> and it almost looks like what we thought was a flashlight, you know, someone doing a flashlight, so we're like, maybe it's a caretaker. So we start saying, hello, hello. Nothing replies back, and it gets closer. And it's like, it gets pretty close. And as it's coming closer, I'm getting chill bumps. It starts forming out a figure of a woman in a colonial style dress. Okay, I got goosebumps. I got the goose <laughs> right there. Okay. And, um, 
we're, we're kind of like, uh, hello. And my friend's kind of behind me and his mom's off to the side. And I'm like, is anyone else seeing this? Anybody else seeing this? And he goes, hello. And it came a little bit closer and then it shoots off. Like it turns into a, like a ball of fire and light and shoots off to the side of the house. Yes. Well, um, he left us, starts running back to the truck. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm helping his mom, you know, poor thing. She's starting to run back to the truck as well. We get there to find him and my mom, and my mom explains to us at the same time that this happens, she thought that we had jumped in the bed of the truck trying to scare her so at the same time we had an experience they also had an experience at a different location Ugh. now that's one of my favorite ones to tell i have not been back since nope. um because it was <laughs> it was intense it was i've had several experiences that that's my top five <laughs> Um, but yeah. there's a lot of places around here. And just real quick, there's another cemetery not far from my house. I won't give a certain location. But because it is dated back to the 1600s, um, and I don't mind, if I can find the picture, I will send it to you that I took myself of a, what seems to be a little boy um, in the cemetery. And that place. That place scared me and a friend one night because uh, we pulled up. She wasn't into all this. She's like, oh, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. And we pulled up. We were sitting in the car. She put the brake on. And all of a sudden, it the locks, like, automatically locked in the car. And she went to go unlock it. And when she did, it felt like two hands were pushing, rocking the car, like, get out. Didn't go back to that either. <laughs> you're running out of places to go in your town. Yeah, because I live, um, like I said, I'm, I'm near Jamestown. I'm near Williamsburg. Uh, there's a lot of history from Native Americans here. There's yeah, civil Dennis war here. We got it all. <laughs> all the anger ghosts. Yeah. Um, and maybe some happy ones somewhere in there. Yeah. There are some. There are some pleasant ones that will communicate with you depending on what your level of comfort is <laughs> so did you when you saw that ball of light was it that formed into the woman did it seem i mean obviously it's scary because it's a ball of light it's not supposed to be there but did right. it seem ominous or did it have a feeling associated with it or was it just sort of showing itself and then disappearing though i mean I think I was more scared because everyone else around me was scared, so it was more like that. But the feeling I got personally, I just felt really sad. I don't, I felt really sad. And then later on throughout the years when I started kind of researching more because I noticed a few years ago, like, um, certain paranormal groups that are more big name have gone and, uh, done some investigations there. Um, there's different stories of, you know, despair, of romance, you know, things not working out right. And, I mean, for me personally, I enjoy this stuff. <laughs> um, I like some of the rush to it, but I didn't get, like, any type of malicious feeling um, 
with that particular incident. I will say that I, I felt like it was just very, it was a sad situation and I just felt like they wanted it known. Now I have heard that that place, you can go there any night of the week and it will happen. Something will happen. Man, well, yeah, you're all up in their business all the time. I will say I did do some research on it. There was um, some rumors. I can't confirm everything because a lot of it's not documented. Um, but it does date back to after 1609, I believe. I want to say like 1616 is the oldest uh, burial site I saw there. But there's a lot of unmarked that goes further mm -hmm. back. Um and there was some talk of someone who practiced voodoo is there. Now, when I go to that place, that feeling I get that that's not a nice place, nice vibe. Um, and I've had prior to the, the car accident, I had gone down there before. That's how I got the pictures and stuff. And I had what I believe something attached and follow me home because no, no. Stay <laughs> we, went, we, we, we came home or I came home and we had some things happening at my house and my mom was like, what's going on? I was like, I don't know. So, you know, there are resources and depending on your belief system and things like that, you can do things to kind of cleanse yourself of it. But as a teen, not knowing and just, exploring you don't know you can do certain things like that um so i got that to calm down but no we have things being thrown around the house things missing door slamming um little anger how i felt from that one i had um had some friends of mine as a teenager too they bought a house and they were moving and there was a house that wasn't um livable in it and it was dated, it was over a hundred years old. And we went up to the house and I could see a woman standing at the top and the window in a wedding dress. So when we went to explore the house, we found the wedding dress in the upstairs attic closet all the way in the back, what? like vintage mint condition. Crazy. Did you sell that shit on eBay? I don't know what they did with it. <laughs> It was crazy. So we came back down and the wind was blowing. Now, I don't like the door closed from inside. So you had to like shut it a certain way. And the way the wind was blowing, it should have blew the door open. No, it blew the opposite way and shut us out when we walked out. I said, <laughs> okay, well, have a nice day. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> we won't see your wedding dress on eBay. Like... Funny story. I actually went with a college um friend of mine she invited me to a wedding we went to pennsylvania and gettysburg we went on a ghost tour and uh we went down into a basement and the gentleman was telling us you know like they you know during the war or certain things they would do down there and i said oh well the little boy that you have sitting on the stairs that's really neat how y'all dress up for this and he said um, what little boy sitting on the stairs? And I said, oh, my bad. Um, and he said, does he look like, he said, does he look like this? And I said, yes. And he said, oh, we get a lot of people talking about him. He is one of our well-known apparitions that are affiliated with this bed and breakfast. 
And that's when I kind of realized, I'm like, maybe it's just me. <laughs> um, but it's, it's different for everyone. I think all of us have some form of, like, vibe, intuition. I mean, if you meet someone and you shake their hand, for me, I kind of know off the bat, like, eh, okay, we're going to vibe or maybe not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so. That's terrible. Like, it's fun, but also scary. Like, but fun, but scary. Um, and, um, I mean, I've had so many people come to me for different things, um, asking certain things. And all I can tell you is that it's different for everyone. I feel like everyone has a form of it. Um, and sometimes you are meant to see things or feel things because it was for you to understand or for you to figure out something inside of you. Because not everyone's going to get the same experience, right? right? Just like if you read a story, you're not going to get the same interpretation every time. Um, but with kids alone, I feel like because they are so innocent and pure, it's easier for them to uh, be open Agreed. to possible other things around them. And, you know, a lot of people talk about how they feel like they have family members that have passed on that have come and visit their children. It happens a lot. Um and why wouldn't they? You know, I think it's a wonderful experience. It's bittersweet, you know, but it's comforting to know that you still have some form of communication and you're getting those visits from people that are dear to you. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I like that. Thank you, Nicole. All right, so that wraps up our second, I'm kind of sad, our second episode of Ghost Stories. Hopefully, if you guys keep us around for another year, we'll do some other scary ones, and you all can let us know what your ghost stories are as well, and maybe we'll invite you on to tell them. Um, awesome. That would be amazing. Also, if you have any opinions about what bonus episodes we should do in the future, uh, we just love to hear ourselves talk, I mean, more or less, and we hope that you love to hear us talk as well. Um, so we can come up with a lot of topics, but if there's something you really love to hear us talk about um, in future months for our two bonus episodes please let us know um, and please join us please let us know what you want us to talk about absolutely. many of you have already heard us talk about like random stuff ad nauseum for most of your life so if you want us to rehash that for other people please do let us We're know. here for it yeah all right thanks see you in november hey folks we hit the end of our ghosty stories we hope you enjoyed them and spending some time with us and our friends uh and their ghouly and caspery ghost stories <laughs> glad we got them to in october albeit the you know very 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 end it is still october so we do hope that you will join us and watch our regular uh, podcast episodes of welcome to your funeral and make sure you stay tuned for our november bonus episodes coming up we'll see you then